Well, let's uh, pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you uh, for this evening. Thank you for bringing us together uh, safely and uh, through through the rain. And uh, we thank you for all of your goodness and uh, all of your provision. Uh, the uh, rain falls on the just and the unjust, and uh, you give your sunshine. Uh, but we thank you above all for your son and uh, his perfect once for all sacrifice of atonement uh, on our behalves for uh, all who repent and trust in him. And I pray that our hope and confidence would be in your son, uh, that uh, through your word that we would uh, grow in uh, faith and grace and that you'd conform us to his likeness uh, by the power of your spirit. And so I pray that uh, you'd be with us and uh, that you'd teach us and instruct us uh, in your holy word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're taking just a brief week off from uh, Genesis and plan is to, to go back. And then we have been looking at uh, John Several several weeks ago, uh, within, within the last uh, month or two, and we've been looking at uh, even tying it to creation. How when you start uh, at the uh, at the beginning of John, and really in the the early chapters, he draws a lot of connections with the creation account, uh, but also with like the the tabernacle. Uh, and themes like even into Exodus and the, the Torah. And so just go back to John chapter 1, verse 1. And you start, this is where John takes it back. Uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So he, he takes it all the way back to the beginning but now he takes it beyond the beginning. I mean, to the, to the ultimate true beginning. Beyond, beyond uh, Genesis, uh, right before the, uh, the creation uh, of all things, uh, to eternity past, uh, in which uh, the, uh, the Word was uh, in, in the beginning. Uh, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And so both distinct from God, as you keep reading, he's talking about the, the Father, as you read to the end, like into verse 18 and such, uh, distinct from God, and yet he is God. And so you have distinction and unity right, uh, right there. Uh, and he, what, uh, or this one, was in the beginning with God. He, he ties it uh, all right up, uh, and then to uh, creation, uh, you know, if you... Well, I know what it means for uh, the word uh, to be God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And so, uh, that's everything. Uh, everything was made through him. And in case you didn't get the point, uh, nothing was not made through him. <laughs> he's, he's the eternal creator. A lot of times you get that distinction with uh, the Father. Uh, say that like the Father uh, made all things uh, and 
that the, the Son, all things were made through him. And so you, you have a distinction like in their works, uh, but in unity of purpose and will uh, to bring about uh, the, the creation. Uh, and so he starts all the way at, at the very beginning, and only then do you start to go into the, the creation. Uh, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. Uh, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome uh, it. And so in him was life. And later John will, will say uh, that, well, uh, Jesus himself, uh, and part of it, uh, part of it is in uh, the incarnation. He takes on a human nature. Uh, he existed uh, eternally as God uh, and with God. Uh, but there's also an aspect where uh, he later says in John chapter 5, uh, after uh, they were uh, persecuting him, uh, because not only did he break the Sabbath, uh, but uh, he was calling uh, God Father, making himself equal with God. And as you read what follows, uh, does he back off and say, oh, no, 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 oh, you misunderstand. You know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that. Well, it's just kind of like Moses. You know, Moses, you should be God here. You know, no, he, he lays it on, uh, he lays it on uh, thick uh, and says that uh, he does whatever the father does and, you know, he can't do anything about, uh, about what the father shows him. And what does the father show him? Everything. <laughs> he does it. Not even the father judges. He's given all judgment to the son. He judges through the Son, and uh, and that uh, he he gives salvation, he gives life to whom he will, and that the Father has granted that he would have life in himself, just as the Father has life in himself. That's one thing that's not true of believers. They don't have life in themselves, uh, only only in Christ. Yeah. And so, uh, just as uh, the, the Father has life in himself, uh, so he's granted that the, the Son have life uh, in himself, and some of that can be bound up with uh, maybe incarnation. But when you read back here, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So he's eternal. Uh, he was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life. Uh, and so... Sometimes in church history, there have been certain verses that have been taken out of context uh, where they talk about uh, some, uh, like one that's disputed, uh, just even verse 18 here, uh, where it talks about the, the son being begotten and such, and where uh, it's probably more likely of the unique, unique son, one and only, or the unique one and only God, which uh, many commentators hold to, which would also tie back to the beginning where you see distinction and unity again. He, John uses language that's uh, quite shocking. You know, it's, uh, uh, it's amazing the, the claims that, uh, that he makes about, about the, the word, the one, uh, the one through whom all things were created and who, who uh, reveals uh, the Godhead, who reveals the Father. And, but here it says, uh, in him was life. And so, even though there are some passages that are sometimes misunderstood, uh, where sometimes you can even see with David is my firstborn, 
uh, that you could have the language, uh, you are my son, today I have begotten you. Some of that language could be used for, uh, like in Psalm 2, for uh, the inauguration of uh, Davidic kings and his heirs, uh, because uh, just as uh, a son uh, is like, like his father and does what his father does, uh, and so uh, D.A. Carson has said, uh, maybe 90% of, 90-some uh, percent, a whole lot, even far more than today, of sons would do what their fathers did for like a profession, occupation. And so uh, they can even say of Jesus, uh, well, they can talk about him as being like the, the carpenter's son, uh, or he can later be called the carpenter. You know, he, he's now the one who, who builds uh, and likely is with even like masonry and stone and such. And, uh, but, uh, and so, you know, when, when the old man dies, now he's the carpenter. You know, it is his father who is the carpenter. Now he is and takes on uh, the, the trade of his father. And so some of that uh, language you'll find applied to uh, David, to Israel. Israel's called his firstborn. Uh, you see David called the firstborn in Psalm 89. Uh, and, uh, speaks of Israel even like in Deuteronomy uh, as well, Moses says that you are, uh, you are uh, sons of what sons of the Most High or sons of Yahweh your God. Uh, and so some of that language is picked up in the New Testament where yes, uh, he is the Davidic heir. Uh, he wasn't always incarnate. He didn't always uh, have a human nature. Uh, he took that on at a specific time and place uh, when he was conceived by the power of the Spirit and uh, born through the Virgin Mary. Uh, and so you see some of those same ideas drawn out uh, and even like into Hebrews and such. Uh, but for, for Jesus, they go far, far, far uh, beyond. Uh, where you'll see the, the author of Hebrews make claims about him that was never and could never be made about just a mere man, uh, just a, a mere uh, mortal, a, a created uh, being. Uh, and so there have been sometimes, some texts have been misunderstood uh, where it talks about, uh, or some of them with uh, begetting. But I do think uh, where uh, D.A. Carson and such, others have cautioned, uh, but uh, don't overreact uh, the, uh, the other way because you have these passages like this where you see just as the father uh, has life in himself, he's granted the, to the son. In reading John, you connect it to the prologue. This, e this uh, eternal one through whom all things were created and part whom, from whom nothing was created, in him was life. And so he, he shares uh, in uh, the life of the father, uh, in the, the spirit. Uh, he shares uh, uh, fully uh, in uh, the divine essence, uh, the divine uh, being. Uh, and so some of that language, you even have similar ideas like in Hebrews uh, where it talks about him being uh, like the, the effulgence of the radiance of his glory and uh, things both, both distinct from, but uh, unity, uh, unity within, uh, within uh, distinction. And so uh, you have uh, the... Uh, the Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, but the Father is not the Son, uh, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father, 
you, you have uh, unity within distinction. Uh, the, the one God. Uh, Father, Son, Father is God, the Son is God, the Spirit is God, and they are the one true uh, living, uh, living God. Uh, another important thing, just when looking at Scripture and like look at a passage, even we've discussed before uh, where, let's say like uh, I and the Father are one uh, and such, and you have to look at each passage because sometimes he says that as far as uh, when they are, uh, he says that speaks about his sheep uh, that his uh, the Father has given him, uh, and that uh, the that they're safe in his Father's hand, and that they're safe in his hand. I and the Father are one. He's talking about uh, being uh, unified in one in the salvation of God's people, uh, of his sheep. And so sometimes you can have unity and oneness of uh, essence, of being, sometimes of purpose uh, and will, uh, sometimes uh, in, uh, in salvation and the work of salvation, bringing these things out, uh, or even... Uh, like in the high priestly prayer, uh, you even see like unity uh, within uh, their uh, their eternal uh, relationship uh, between them. Uh, and he even prays to the Father uh, that uh, that believers, his disciples, would be one as we are one. Now, not not become God, <laughs> but uh, but be uh, be uh, unified. Uh, be of, of one will, of one, of one mind, uh, to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, uh, mind, uh, in, in strength. And so, but when looking at scripture, uh, when like you learn about uh, the Son and you see threeness, uh, even uh, we've seen passages like in the Old Testament and even with uh, Samson's uh, parents, I don't know if that's around Judges 10 or, or so, uh, where you see uh, Yahweh in heaven, the envoy of Yahweh, who they didn't realize was Yahweh, <laughs> and so he says, "No, don't you know? Don't uh, offer the food to me or whatever. You know, give a sacrifice to uh, to Yahweh, to God." Uh, and then they offer the sacrifice, and who receives it? The angel of Yahweh. <laughs> <laughs> he receives it. And then they realized he was Yahweh, that he was God. And so you have Yahweh in heaven, but then you have the envoy of Yahweh that he sent, uh, who, who's God. And you see the unity and it mentions the spirit, like within the same breath. And so when you have passages that, uh, again, they go, again, they show the distinction of the threeness of God. Uh, then when you read a passage uh, where it's talking about like the oneness and essence and being, threeness in person, oneness and essence or being, or uh, sometimes will, purpose, salvation. Uh, the second passage, uh, the first doesn't stop being true when you read the second. And the second doesn't stop being true when you read the first. Uh, all of scripture is true uh, in, in context. And so you, you have to hold it all together. And so that's where you see a greater fullness of God's revelation uh, throughout Scripture uh, in the New Testament. Uh, but I mean, spend so much time here, but just connecting this back as you go through, and it speaks about uh, John the Baptist testifying, uh, bearing witness uh, of, uh, of the, the Word, uh, to the Word, uh, the, the Son. 
you, it leads up to the, the ministry of, of John uh, and this whole section uh, concluding with, uh, well, not totally concluding because it goes right into the testimony. So just look at verse 15. Uh, John bore witness about him and cried out, uh, this was he of whom I said, he who comes at, after me ranks before me because he was before me. For from his fullness we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses. Uh, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Uh, no one has ever seen God, uh, the only God who is at the Father's side. Uh, he has made him known. Uh, and so there now, as you work and come to verse 19, you kind of have kind of an ending of, of the prologue, but it flows right into John's testimony, uh, verse 19. And this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. Who are you not? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> I'm not the Christ. I'm, I'm not Elijah. I'm not the prophet. You know, um, He came to testify of the word. And it was this that we were looking at, where you see a sequence of six days, uh, three days with uh, John the Baptist. And so he'll testify on this uh, first day uh, of, uh, of the, the Christ and, and the one to come. And then when you get to verse 29, it says, the next day he saw Jesus coming toward him and said, and then you keep reading, the, the next day, uh, or maybe after that one, you also have uh, you have where his disciples uh, stayed with him, uh, and they stayed with him all that day. Uh, and so, as you read through, you have a sequence of three days of preparation uh, by John the Baptist, inaugurating his ministry, uh, as we'll see in the creation account. Uh, similarly, with uh, three days of uh, preparing uh, the barren, uh, inhabitable, uh, unproductive. Uh, earth. Uh, and so for three days, God will prepare it, uh, making uh, habitable uh, environments uh, where there is darkness, he brings light. Uh, where, uh, where there were uh, the, uh, the seas of the water of the deep, uh, he separates them uh, into uh, the waters uh, below and the waters above. It makes the heavens. Uh, and then on the third day, you have uh, the uh, separation of the, the earth and the seas and the, uh, the vegetation, uh, fruit-bearing plants uh, in the trees. And so those three days of preparation, and then in days three through six, he then uh, begins to fill them with the luminaries, with the birds and the fish, uh, and with uh, the beasts and man and providing them with the vegetation. And so three days of preparation, and then another three days of populating uh, the uh, creation, bringing it to its completion. Uh, and so here, uh, similarly, but it's, it's not the creation account. And so there are similarities, but there are differences too. Uh, here, he speaks about, uh, if we had read through the whole prologue, that John testified to the light come into the world. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and uh, the life that was in him. And John testified of the light. And then on day one, he, uh, he proclaims uh, the Christ, the anointed, 
uh, I'm not him. And so uh, according to John, if you read the, the prologue leading up, he's testifying of the light. Uh, and then with uh, day four, when Jesus begins to call, uh, where you see John's testimony uh, going forth, uh, bearing, uh, bearing fruit, where you see his uh, first disciples uh, on day three uh, go to, to Jesus, but then they, uh, they follow him. Uh, and there, uh, Jesus is he's beginning his ministry now. Uh, John's out of the picture. Uh, and you see it, it starting to bear fruit, and he's uh, calling uh, disciples to himself. And those disciples are now uh, going out and testifying of him. And uh, there, uh, Peter goes to his brother Andrew, and says, we have found the Messiah. We have found the anointed. In fact, with uh, day one, uh, day one and four, uh, and then with day two, and there are other connections throughout. It doesn't just flow one way, but you have strong ones between uh, days one and four, uh, days two and five, uh, and uh, three and six as, as it develops. Uh, but then like with day two, we were seeing, for instance, He's in the waters below, and the Spirit comes down from heaven upon him. He had the separation of the waters, waters below, waters above. God named him heavens. Uh, within, with his baptism, uh, now he's in the waters, and the Spirit comes down upon him and anoints him publicly for his ministry. He's the eternal Son uh, incarnate. Uh, he was, uh, he was uh, conceived by the power of the Spirit, uh, and he was... Uh, filled with with the Spirit. But now in his public ministry, uh, you see uh, publicly uh, this testimony of the Father uh, testifying from heaven, this is my Son uh, in whom I, I am well pleased, uh, and the Spirit coming upon him, and John testifying and saying that the Father had sent him uh, to baptize, and uh, the one who you see the Spirit come upon, uh, he's the one I spoke about. Uh, and then uh, you see with... Uh, as you go into day five, uh, you see uh, Phil, or I think it's, uh, it's Philip and Nathaniel. Uh, and there, uh, even like with the end of it, uh, Jesus uh, speaks about, do you believe uh, because I said, I saw you under the fig tree? He knew where he was. You know, Philip had to go off and find Nathaniel. Jesus knew right where he was the, the entire time. Um, and so, uh, do, you, do you believe? And, and just go, go to the end of uh, chapter 1. And so, uh, verse, look at verse uh, 49. Uh, Nathanael answered him in, in response, uh, Rabbi, teacher, uh, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Uh, Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. And so God's ministering spirits uh, ascending and descending. You have kind of vertical relationship again where uh, the Father is active in uh, the ministry of the Son. Uh, uh, the Spirit is upon him. Uh, he's indwelt uh, by the Spirit. Uh, he is uh, the eternal God, the eternal Son, uh, by uh, his very uh, nature from all eternity. Uh, he is also the Son of God who is anointed by the Spirit of God. 
That's the spirit of Christ. Uh, and then fulfillment of Jacob's dream. Yeah. Of the yes. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I mean, it's at least a connection back. As as, as Yahweh was present uh, with Jacob, no matter what happened to him when he went out of the land and went up north to uh, to Laban, and no no matter what hardships or trouble would come upon him, God was present, and His ministering spirits uh, were present. Uh, and active, uh, reporting to God and carrying out uh, his decrees, his business uh, in uh, protecting Jacob, uh, in providing for him, uh, in uh, blessing him and bringing him back to the land to be a blessing to all nations, multiplying him. Uh, And so here you, you have all these connections. And then as we saw going through uh, where you have, uh, you go with uh, the wedding at uh, Cana. And here, if we read through, you have uh, like on the next day, on the next day, they stayed with him all that day, on the next day, on the next day, and then on the third day. Well, it's the third day from as he set out with his disciples uh, now in his ministry. And their uh, read back, we saw there two right before it. Uh, on the third day, there was a wedding at Cana. Uh, in Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was uh, there. And so here you have the sixth day, and you have a wedding. Uh, God makes the man and the woman uh, in the, the creation account, but then after the, uh, the seventh day in rest, as you get into uh, the generations of the heavens and the earth, and you see the first progeny uh, in chapter two of Genesis, now the spotlight is on the man and the woman. Now we focus in detail. It's the sixth day again. You, you have a recapitulation of their creation, but now in more detail. Now without, without the beasts, with, or without uh, just the, the broad overview of the six days, now uh, it's focused on the garden uh, and the creation of the man and the woman. Uh, and uh, God, he joins them together. Uh, he gives the woman to the man, and you have marriage. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And Jesus says, therefore what God has joined together, let no man separate. And so, now you have a wedding, sixth day, and God had provided uh, the vegetation, all the fruit-bearing uh, vegetation and plants and trees for food. And here he turns water into wine. That's the fruit of the vine. Uh, and so you have these six vessels, uh, six jars that he fills up to the brim and performs uh, this, uh, this miracle manifesting his glory to his disciples. Here's the eternal creator through whom th- all things were created in six days and apart from whom uh, nothing was created in those six days, uh, at least for uh, the creation of the uh, the earth, uh, you know, where you fit in the, uh, the, the heavenly beings who in Job says they, uh, they, they watched. Uh, you have clearly, you see in scripture that they were created beings, uh, but that they watched and rejoiced uh, over uh, God's works of creation. But here, he through whom all things were created and apart from whom nothing was created, now performs a creative miracle in turning the, the water to wine uh, on the sixth day from the inauguration of uh, the heralding of John the Baptist 
uh, in setting off in his ministry, ministry three days of preparation, uh, and then that testimony going forth and bearing fruit as he calls his own to himself. Uh, and, and you have uh, those ideas throughout, uh, talking about, I, I'm the good shepherd, and my sheep hear my voice, and uh, I know them, and they know me. And uh, John 17 uh, says to the Father, all that you have given me, uh, that he has kept and not lost one of them, except for the son of perdition, so that the scripture might be fulfilled. And so here he's, and you'll see that throughout, people bearing witness, testifying of him uh, as God raises the spiritually dead to life and the blind give sight. Uh, and, and he calls his disciples to himself and here performs a great miracle. And just read uh, verse, uh, let's see, Seven, uh, Jesus said to the servants, uh, fill the jars with water, and they filled them up to the brim. He said to them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the feast. So they took it. Uh, when the master of the feast tasted the water, now become wine, uh, and did not know where it came from, uh, though the servants who had drawn the water knew from Jesus. Uh, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Uh, this, uh, this uh, the first of his signs, Jesus did at Cana in Galilee and manifested his glory. And his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his uh, mother and his brothers and disciples. And they stayed there for a few days. And so, uh, here, uh, this... Uh, the first uh, of, of his signs, uh, enarche enologos. Uh, in the beginning was the word, enarche. And here, uh, Jesus did, uh, archein ton semil, the first of his signs. So he's in the beginning, and now you see the beginning of his signs uh, in works, uh, where you have kind of these new creation themes uh, in the tabernacle. Uh, he dwelt among us. Uh, the word became flesh and dwelt uh, dwelt among us. Uh, and the master of the feast even <laughs> ironically says things that came from the from the bridegroom. Uh, well, Jesus, he's the true bridegroom. Uh, but the, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and said to him, everyone serves the good wine first, and when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. Uh, and God saw that was good, and God saw that God saw the light was good, God saw that was good, God saw that was good. Uh, Another five times six. And God saw everything they made, and behold, it was very good. Now the, uh, the, the master of the feast unwittingly gives his, uh, his appraisal of the wine. It's good. <laughs> In fact, you, you serve, uh, you serve the, uh, the best. You know, save the best for, uh, for now. And uh, the, the, the new wine. Uh, and it's just that kind of a foretaste, a foreglimpse of the, the kingdom uh, to, to come. Uh, wine is often associated with the kingdom, with God's blessing and uh, provision. Uh, and even you see his provision in creation of all the fruit-bearing plants and trees. Uh, here, you oh, want to say yeah, something? Uh, well, you know, I just was looking at what you, you, you said that. I was thinking the same thing about the, the latter time taking us back a bit. 
And I was just going to say the, the similarities here because it says, you know, right after it says, and he dreamed and behold the ladder, this is Genesis 28, the ladder set mm -hmm. up on the earth and top reached heaven and behold the angels of God were sending and descending on it and behold the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord. And that's capital L-O-R-D, so it's Yahweh. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm the Lord God of Abraham, Father God of your father Isaac. And then when he says it again in John, he says, um, in 51, it's one there, it says, and he said to him, truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man, which references, you know, Daniel. no doubt, and they're thinking back to, oh, well, in, uh, you know, in the other case, which is Jacob, you know, they're ascending and descending on Yahweh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you mean? Are you calling yourself Yahweh again? You know, I think, and I think, I take, I take it differently than... And from, uh, from him too, going to and forth. Yeah. It may not... I'd have to look again. Uh, it may not necessarily be a ladder, but uh, kind of the idea of like a, a staircase or whatever. But either way, you, you have a mm -hmm. ascent and descent. Yeah, and I was going to say, you know, the, the only three things that I see, I don't see a, a fourth called God. I only see a Father, a Son, and a Holy Spirit. And the Father is referred to in the Old Testament as God or Yahweh. But so is the, so is the messenger of Yahweh. So is, mm -hmm. he's also referred to as Yahweh or mm -hmm. Elohim. Or, mm -hmm. And Variety. in the same way, I don't see a fourth in the New Testament. A lot of people say, well, Jesus is God. And they're like saying, well, there's like in a sense he's God, but that, that God is different than the Father's God. Because I believe that there's only three figures and there's only ever called, you know, the three are always one. But I don't see it in the same sense as they're always separate, as in the Son is God, the Father is God, and the Holy Spirit is God. You know, and those are three separate deities. And no, they're they're the same. They're the same uh, deity. That's why we'd say uh, three in person, one in essence or uh, being. One. And so uh, they share the one uh, eternal essence. And so when you speak about the uh, the uh, the essence, the being uh, of God, uh, we're speaking about what makes God God. Okay. Uh, and um, so. Uh, and so uh, he's three and you see distinction uh, with the uh, Father, Son, and the Spirit uh, is three uh, co-eternal, uh, co-equal uh, in their, their essence, their being, uh, as the one God. Uh, uh, co-equal uh, and co-eternal uh, co uh, and co-essential, uh, having, having the, the same, uh, the same uh, essence from uh, all eternity. Uh, and so uh, you have uh, one God. Now, you can speak of, that's why the biblical authors can also, uh, because they share the, the one essence, what makes God God, uh, one being, uh, they can speak of, uh, we talk about uh, the Son being fully and truly God, uh, the Spirit fully and truly God, uh, the Father fully and truly God, uh, in that uh, he fully shares in uh, the one essence uh, in being uh, of God. And so uh, they can speak of the Son as being God, uh, the Father as God, uh, the Spirit as God, and they, the three, are the one true living God. Uh, and so you, you have that uh, unity uh, in their being in essence, but sometimes they'll uh, speak distinctly about, or just uh, Jesus uh, and refer to him as, as God. And that's why it can be used uh, interchangeably and such, 
Uh, and you can have things like in 1 Corinthians, uh, is it chapter, chapter 8 or so, uh, where Paul begins his discussion of uh, meat sacrificed to idols uh, and idolatry and says uh, that, uh, speaks about the, uh, what people worship, they worship demons. And so there are other gods, or he says so-called, so-called gods, but for us, uh, there is uh, one God, uh, the, the Father. Uh, actually, let's go there. Uh, maybe we're not going to get done what uh, way I planned it. Maybe we'll come back. <laughs> we only have two weeks this, this month. You know, we were kind of thrown off from, uh, from the building change and, uh, and Easter and such. And so this gives us time to kind of dwell, too, on, on the incarnation uh, and uh, the, the Trinity and Christ's perfect work. Very timely, the, the Passover, but uh, also remembering that we live every day in light of the resurrection. And so Passover is as good a time as any, you know, to celebrate it, but uh, so is today. So, uh, yeah, look at, look at uh, chapter 8, verse 1. And so new topic, now concerning food offered to idols. Uh, we know that all of us possess knowledge. Uh, this knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. If anyone imagines that he knows something, he does not yet know as he ought to, ought to know. But if anyone loves God, he is known by God. Uh, therefore, as to the eating of food offered to idols, we know that an idol has no real existence, and that there is no God but one. For although there are may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed uh, there are many gods and many lords, uh, yet for us uh, there is uh, one God, the Father, from whom are all things and for whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Mm-hmm. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. So that's the central confession on the very heart of Deuteronomy and the Torah. Right. Uh, and so, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And in Hebrew, Yahweh our God, Yahweh is one. Mm-hmm. And what term does he apply uh, to uh, the Father here. So, uh, verse 5, for although there, well, uh, he says that there is no God but one, for although uh, there may be so-called gods in heaven, not really, uh, or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, uh, yet for us there is one God. All right, who's this one God? He impacts it. Uh, the Father, from whom? are all things, and for whom we exist. So the Father is the one God from whom are all things, for whom we exist. He's the eternal creator. And so he applies God, uh, in Hebrew it would be Elohim. And one Lord, in Hebrew Yahweh, uh, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and through whom we exist. From whom, for whom, uh, through whom, uh, <laughs> through whom are all things? Through whom we exist. From whom are all things, and for whom we exist. 
distinction and unity. Uh, the one God, uh, the, the, fa the Father, uh, and one Lord, Jesus Christ. Uh, he takes the Shema, uh, and it's, uh, it's monotheistic. Uh, there's only one true living creator God. Uh, and here uh, you see the Father is the one God and the Son, the one Lord. Unified. You have, you have one God, Father and Son. Yeah. And here you have the, the two, uh, two persons. Uh, and, and elsewhere, he'll, he'll do things like that and uh, incorporate the, the Spirit. You, in their different locations, the Bible talks about the Father who raised Jesus from the dead, mm -hmm. Jesus raised from the dead, the Spirit. Even says he raises himself. Yeah. yeah. Jesus who raised himself from the dead or Jesus raised from the dead and the Spirit raised Jesus from the dead. Yeah. So what's the right answer? God. <laughs> yes. it's, it's, God it's, who raised Jesus from the dead. It's, it's the tri Jesus is God. It's the triune God. Yeah. Who's uh, uh, th three and one. <laughs> three in person, one, one in his being. Uh, essence. So that that's an amazing uh, that's an amazing passage. I first remember hearing James White uh, draw uh, draw on that. Um, I think he'd sometimes go to that with uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh -huh. uh, that passage. Yeah. You, oh no. I'm okay. Trying, yeah. And so. Um, yeah, for although there uh, may be so-called gods in heaven or on earth, as indeed there are many gods and many lords, yet for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things and through whom we exist, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we exist. And even there, you see, they are the one true eternal creator God. They're, they're the eternal creator, uh, and yet there are ways that they'll, they'll distinguish him. And so the Father, from whom are all things, for whom we exist, the Son, through whom are all things, and <laughs> through whom we exist. And so he, he's the agent uh, in creation, uh, and he can be called the one, uh, the, the eternal creator uh, uh, as well, but unified uh, in their uh, their purpose. And sometimes you see distinction in their works, but then unity. You know, they're, they're, always, they're always at work together. And so uh, they're, they're unified in will, uh, in purpose, and uh, bringing out... Uh, uh, the, the decree of, of God. Like related to a biblical example, I would say Jesus is fully God and fully, you know, man. And I think it's the same with God. He's mm -hmm. both fully three, but he's also fully one. Well, you, you have to, like in scripture, you have to look at like in what sense is he, uh, is he three? Uh, because you can get in trouble uh, where, uh, for instance, uh, if, uh, if uh, you deny, uh, if you deny uh, that uh, they are one uh, in essence, in being, uh, in self, uh, co-equal in their essence, co-essential, uh, what makes God God, uh, you end up with uh, tritheism, uh, where you have three distinct gods. Mm -hmm. uh, but if you if you deny. Uh, the uh, distinction that the Father is not the Son, uh, the Son is not the Spirit, the Spirit is not the Father. If you deny the, the threeness uh, of the, the persons, uh, you can end up with uh, different forms of modalism uh, where uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes God is the Father, sometimes he's the Son, sometimes he's the Spirit. But 
they, they aren't uh, co-eternal co persons. And so when he's the father, he's not the son. Uh, and so uh, he changes. It's kind of a different, a different aspect or a different way he manifests himself. Uh, and so some would say like in creation, he was the father. And then with the incarnation, the son. And now after the incarnation, the spirit. Uh, or uh, he, he changes at times. Or uh, if they're not co-eternal, uh, then you can end up with, uh, if the son is in co-eternal, uh, subordinationism, which Jehovah's Witnesses believe, Arianism, uh, where he was the first created being. Yes, the, the most highly exalted, uh, but uh, he's ultimately a created being, not eternal. Uh, and so uh, if you look at the totality of scripture uh, and don't, uh, it's like when, when you read this passage and then you go read another, this doesn't stop being true. Uh, what it says of the, the Father, uh, the Son, the Spirit, but then you go read about uh, the one God, well, a lot of times it brings them together, but sometimes you have a passage that maybe focuses on the uh, the threeness, the distinctness in person. Uh, but then when you go read about their oneness in, uh, in essence, uh, it doesn't stop being true that they're three uh, co-eternal uh, persons. Uh, and so uh, it's not that, that you, he's uh, one in essence and three in essence, one God and three gods, uh, as to his nature, what makes God God. It's not that he's three persons in one person. No, he's three persons uh, who co-relate to one another, co-eternal, uh, have always existed from all eternity, uh, eternity past. Uh, and so he's three persons, not three gods, uh, and he's uh, one God, not three gods. Uh, and so uh, the... Uh, the three, Father, Son, and Spirit, share the fullness of uh, the, the divine essence. And uh, when you talk about fullness, I know Eric has sometimes said, although I think we've spoken about this, so I think we're in agreement. Uh, he sometimes used uh, more like true and say he's truly God. But it's important to, uh, to use both, that he's truly and fully God. And you see like in Colossians, the fullness, uh, the fullness of uh, deity or divine essence dwells in him in bodily form. And it's because uh, when we say that, uh, what we're saying is it's not that the Father is part God, the Son is part God, and the Spirit is part God. And so maybe maybe the Father is all-powerful, the Son is all-knowing, and the Spirit is all-present. No, they, 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 everything that's true of God as far as his nature, his attributes, what characterizes him, uh, is true of the three persons. Uh, and so uh, the Father is eternal. Uh, he is all-powerful, all-knowing, uh, all-present, all-loving. Uh, the Son is eter uh, eternal, all-powerful, all-knowing, all-loving. Mm -hmm. uh, and speaking about his, uh, speaking about his divine nature there, uh, not uh, as far as the, in the incarnation, since he's the God-man, uh, truly God, truly man, you can even have things where he gets tired and falls asleep. <laughs> And yeah, a moment later, uh, uh, he's awake and rebuking the, uh, the, the storm and they obey him. And there's a unity in the plan <laughs> and thought. It's, it's not like yeah. uh, spirit, spirit and Jesus, uh, two out of three will change the Father's, you yeah. know, whatever yeah. mind. 
No, everything's unified in yeah. thought, plan, yeah. and deed. Yeah, they're they're uh, talking about like the the unity of the the will, and where sometimes you can have where I'll emphasize, you know, distinct works and such. Like for instance, uh, the son, the son became incarnate, not the father. The, the son uh, became uh, a man, took on a human nature, not the spirit. Uh, the, it was the the son. Uh, it was the son who was crucified uh, for us, who was buried, who was raised. Uh, uh, yes, uh, by the will of the power, uh, the will of the Father, uh, and the, the power, by the power of the Spirit, uh, and ascended to heaven, sits at the right hand of the Father uh, on high. And so you have to ask, who is it? Who is it that's at the right hand of the Father? Uh, to whom uh, we can uh, draw near uh, boldly, confidently in faith. Is it the Son? Yes. Or is, is it the Father who's at the right hand of the Father interceding for us? No. No. It's the Son. It's the one who became the God-man. Only he could be our representative uh, and our perfect uh, high priest uh, at the right hand uh, of the Father to intercede for us. And so that's why the issues are, are so important. Uh, because you won't find uh, the author of Hebrews uh, <clears throat> saying that uh, the Father is at the right hand of the Son and that we can draw, draw near uh, to the Father so he'd intercede to the Son no. or to the Spirit. Or, no, it's the Son who, uh, for all eternity now, uh, he was always uh, the eternal God, second person uh, of the Trinity, the Godhead. Uh, but... Now, uh, taking on the human nature uh, and, and following uh, his resurrection, being reunited to his body uh, and, and glorified, uh, he will always uh, intercede for us for, for all eternity. And that's the only reason that we can, uh, we can draw near and have access uh, to God and, and to the Father. Uh, and so it's very important to know who our mediator is uh, and and to, uh, to understand those things because to, uh, to learn scripture and to, to willfully reject that, there is no mediator. Uh, if, if, you, if you reject uh, the God-man and that he's our mediator, uh, then we have no mediator. Uh, we're, cut, we're cut off. Uh, we trample underfoot the, the blood of Christ. Uh, all, those, all those warning passages and in 1 John, what, uh, what Bob is going through talking about uh, uh, the uh, the son and uh, who uh, the son is uh, and if if you don't have a Jesus come in the flesh you you have another you have another Christ mm -hmm. it's the it's the Antichrist uh, so that's why the issues are so important and why uh, why I stress them uh, so much and. Uh, and to just come come back and meditate, you know, on scripture and see this. A lot of it's amazing for seeing that uh, you're talking about also some of the passages and such. You see some of these things all the way back to Genesis, yes. all back to the, the very earliest scripture. Uh, even though you, you have a fuller, greater revelation in the incarnation of the Son, but you, you that's why uh, uh, the the Jews and his disciples. 
could receive this truth because you see, you see uh, threeness within the one God even, even in the Old Testament from the earliest uh, revelation of Scripture. So let's, let's go back to... Let's see, what time is it? Oh, we're, we're out of time, unfortunately. <laughs> well, let's uh, close in prayer. And maybe uh, next week uh, we'll pick up with John. We only have one week left this, uh, this month, uh, at least by, by my reckoning anyway. Let's see, it's the 19th. Yeah. Yep. So maybe we'll continue back to the, the Gospel of John, and then we'll uh, be back in Genesis uh, in May. So let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your word and thank you above all for, uh, for your son, uh, for uh, sending him and uh, for him taking a, a nature like ours and uh, suffering and uh, being uh, tested uh, in all things but uh, without sin uh, so that he could be our perfect mediator and uh, high priest uh, ascended to your right hand uh, where he uh, lives to make intercession for us uh, always and uh, we thank you for him and uh, Lord Jesus we pray that you would come uh, quickly uh, that you would uh, come soon and return for us and I pray in the meantime that you would uh, help us to understand your word uh, to uh, grow in the fullness of your revelation uh, we uh, we'll be uh, learning until until you come or until we die to go and be with you and uh, for, for all eternity. And so we thank you for these things and pray that you'd teach us by, by your spirit. And uh, Father, we pray that you'd bring us back together uh, to uh, continue in your word uh, next week. And I pray that you would be uh, glorified. And we pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen.